Alright, a little later than normal, but welcome to the Friday edition of Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. You know how to get in touch with the show. I am at Primetime Klein, Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Quick little thing off the top on the football game from last night. Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a two-point win over the Dallas Cowboys. That Dallas offense looks good. Good. Um, and that Dallas defense looks bad. And that is one of the reasons why, when we made our predictions uh, over the course of the week, that felt pretty good about Washington as the uh, as the division champ. And even with Dallas's offense looking that good, they're going to have to look that good each and every week. Uh, a couple of takeaways from... Oh, also, Tampa Bay was fantastic. A couple of takeaways from that. I thought it was very interesting that Dallas just said, screw that noise, to running the ball at all in that game. I wonder if that will be a strategy that other teams utilize. Um, while it was successful through the passing attack, it was not successful in victory for the Dallas Cowboys. So I, I wonder how teams are going to go with that. I think from a fantasy perspective, I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be fine, but I, I do wonder um, how other teams are going to handle this going forward and about running back matchups against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that front seven just ruins people. The thing that stood out to me the most from this game, though, was the accuracy of the quarterbacks. And it makes sense as they are both around weapons that they are familiar with. Tom Brady, we talked about the Buccaneers thing throughout the week and throughout the entire offseason. They are a team that is bringing back everybody. And so because of that, the the timing is there. And for Dak Prescott, there was concern about the arm strength. That can pretty well go away. He was making all of the throws, but it was just, it was the accuracy that both quarterbacks were able to place the ball that was really, really impressive. It was a fun way to start the NFL season. And now we get the full slate of games coming up on Sunday. That is what the first part of the show is going to be dedicated to, going to go through every game and break it all down. Uh, note at the end, talked about uh, a teaser for the week the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in there it ends up being a push with that because you, you get the, the seven point tease gets it down to minus two which is what Tampa Bay ends up winning by I was not aware of that at the time um I taped this uh taped the preview before the game on Thursday so it may seem like I'm just a little ah oh, whatever in Tampa Bay minus two it's because didn't know the result of the game at the time I was taping it. And then after the preview is done, G-Rana is back and we gush about professional wrestling for a while. So it should be a fun one. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. So what I generally do with these shows is, or what I've generally done in the past, is just go through each game, do a, a pick per game. Um, I, I think early on, I'm probably going to try to stay away from the totals and just kind of let these teams play themselves out. There are a couple in here that I uh, took a bit of a peek at, but... Yeah, just going to go through each game and then also going to give a couple of um, a couple daily fantasy kind of value options in this. And then at the end, we'll go through some of the ones that I'm taking a little bit more seriously. Once again, this is like the uh, win totals from earlier um, in the, uh, the preseason podcast and earlier this week. Um, and those are like, I wasn't saying put 32 bets down or anything like that. 
I'm just looking at this as like, okay, if you had to gun to your head, what's the best value pick that we can get? So let's get this thing started in no particular order except time. Um, Arizona taking on Tennessee. I am not buying that Arizona's defense is as improved as people say they are. The total on this game is insane. I think it's at 52. I don't love that. Um, just there could be a bit of sloppiness in that. That is also, I, I think, looking at a best case scenario from the over, but also I don't think either of these defenses are good enough to look at the under. So I'm going Tennessee minus three. I actually like that one quite a bit. Uh, from a daily perspective, one of the value plays that I think you could get if you're going for a home run tournament type of a play, Rondale Moore at $3,000 seems like a potential boom or bust. But again, if we are projecting Tennessee's defense to maybe not be that strong, I do think that Kyler Murray finds the rookie wide receiver for a couple of big plays. So I like Rondale Moore at 3000 I also like Chase Edmonds at 4600 this might be a bit of a stay away backfield, but uh, I think that at that price, you don't need a whole lot of production to get that value back. So those are a couple of the daily options I would look at in that one. Jacksonville taking on Houston. I'm going the Jags minus three. Both these teams suck. I think Jacksonville sucks a little bit less. If you want to go Houston plus three just because they're at home, fine. This is probably a stay away game. From a daily perspective, I like Philip Lindsay at $4,700. I think he is going to be the primary back with Houston. I think Jacksonville isn't very good, once again, as discussed. So I think Philip Lindsay has the potential to actually have a pretty good day. The Chargers taking on Washington. I got the Chargers minus 105 in this one. It's essentially a pick'em, and I think the Chargers are better. We talked about it in the preview podcasts. I am a little bit worried about Washington's defense in this matchup for sure, but I, I do think that the Chargers have a good defense as well. And again, going back to the preview podcast, I believe in the new coaching staff. I believe in the quarterback and I believe in the weapons around him. I think Justin Herbert gets the job done. So I am just going money line on this one at minus one Oh five, a very cheap option of running back is Antonio Gibson at 5,600. I like that as a value. He's probably going to end up on a couple of the tickets that I have. Just, he is a talented running back. Washington has talked about him in a Christian McCaffrey type of a role, which sign me up if that is the case. So, uh, give me Antonio Gibson at 5,600. A game that has definitely ended up on a ticket of mine is Minnesota minus three against Cincinnati. I think it is plain disrespectful that Minnesota is only minus three in this game. I get Kirk Cousins and all of that stuff, but assuming he doesn't catch anything in the next 48, 72 hours, this team is just significantly better than the Cincinnati Bengals are. So give me Minnesota minus three all day. And what's probably going to end up on some DraftKings tickets of mine is Kirk Cousins at $6,300 pairing him with Jefferson. I think that is a nice stack to kind of build your roster out with. So that, that's probably going to end up on a couple of mine. The Jets taking on Carolina. I like Carolina in this one. If you want to buy a point and a half, it's probably going to be a bit too expensive, but uh, you, you do get it under that key number. But I, I, I think... Again, Carolina has the opportunity to cover here. I think Sam Darnold, obviously not playing Adam Gase, but playing his former team, is going to look to make a statement. We talked about in the preview podcast, this is the best situation he has had since entering the NFL. I like him in this spot to the point where if you want to put him at $5,000, I don't hate that. You can stack him with either DJ Moore at 6,100 or Robbie Anderson at 5,700. I think that could be a valuable stack when it comes to, uh, again, all these totals, by the way, are DraftKings. Um, I, that's just the app I have. 
Philadelphia taking on Atlanta. I got the Falcons minus three at home. I have I have concerns about Jalen Hurts. Uh, I don't hate going with the Atlanta defense in this one. I think they have a pretty good value, but I, I I don't know how great that defense is. And there are, I think, a couple of better defensive options in uh, daily this week. If you wanted to go with another stack, I think there's a Matt Ryan, Kyle Pitts stack that you could get. Uh, Matt Ryan is at 6,000. You have Pitts at 4.4 thousand um, or 4,400 as normal people would say. I was just using that shorthand to write it all out. And then I said it verbally, which made me sound stupid. But um, I, I think that that's a, a pretty good value there for Atlanta going up against a Philadelphia Eagles defense that I don't necessarily trust. Pittsburgh against Buffalo. From a gambling perspective, I I don't hate putting Buffalo in a tease at six and a half. You don't get to go through a couple of key numbers, which you want to try to avoid, or you want to try to hit when you are using the the T's in such a way. So I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of double down on my thought that Pittsburgh isn't going to be very good this year. I'm going to go Buffalo minus six and a half. I, I think that's a pretty, I think that's going to end up being a pretty strong bet. And I think that could be one. It's 14 to three in the second quarter. And if you took Pittsburgh plus six and a half, it's, oh shit. I, that this, that this might not end very well. Um, as far as daily is concerned again for season long fantasy, Cole Beasley, uh, just based on some of the views that he has said. And also I probably wouldn't want to host a podcast with the guy, but he is at 4,400. So if you can look past some uh, potential disagreements you may have with this fellow, $4,400 in daily, which is a uh, PPR format. He was a monster in this format last year, and uh, I think you can get him at a pretty good value there. On the Pittsburgh side, Chase Claypool is only $5,600. I think that one is, again, uh, a pretty strong bet for for Chase Claypool. San Francisco against Detroit. We're not overthinking this. We are going San Francisco minus 7.5. They are going to absolutely annihilate them, and uh, they will come up again later on in the show. For daily, if you want to spend on defense, you probably don't have to this week, but San Francisco's defense is going to annihilate Detroit. I think they repay the $4,000 that you would have to spend on them, but there are other defenses that come in a little bit cheaper. Uh, Also, Brandon Ayuk at uh, 5,700. I wrote all these as decimals now, and now I'm self-conscious about it. Um, 5,700 for Ayuk. Uh, I think he has the potential to have a monster day against Detroit. Seattle and Indy. We talked about totals earlier. I'm going under the total at 49 and a half in this one. Seattle's offense and all the talk about going, um, establishing the run and going more run heavy this season has me concerned. They're not going to put up a bunch of points and Indianapolis with some of the issues that Carson Wentz has had in this off season and getting ready for this game. I, I don't know how in sync the indie game is going to be uh, the indie offense or is going to be, I think this is actually a pretty sloppy game. So I'm going to go with the under 49 and a half from a daily perspective, because of what we talked about with Carson Wentz, I don't think Seattle's a bad defensive option at $3,400. It's not the best and they're a bad defense, but I, I, uh, otherwise there's not a whole lot of options in this one. I trust overall, this is probably a stay away game for me. Cleveland against Kansas city. It's, Again, there, there isn't a whole lot of value in this one, but Kansas City minus six. We saw last year they had trouble covering some bigger numbers, and I wonder if that's going to play more into betters uh, or into oddsmakers' 
kind of line of thinking as this goes along. And this is not going, I got caught with this a couple of times last year. This is not going to be a year where I just blindly look, Kansas city is six points better than this team. They're going to win that because they play with the fruit a bunch last year. If we see signs that they're doing that again this year, Kansas city may end up being a stay away team. As far as daily is concerned, if you want to spend Nick Chubb at 7,200, I think is, I think this is going to be a big year for Chubb. We talked about earlier about how, um, in the preview podcast, how he could lead the league in rushing this year based on uh, a few metrics that we saw from Cleveland. I, I think Chubb could come out of the gates huge with this one. One of my favorites of the week, Denver against the Giants. The Broncos are only three-point favorites. I get that they're going on the road, but what from the Giants has made you think that this team's going to do anything against a Broncos defense that we're expecting to be pretty good against a quarterback who we're not expecting to turn the ball over? I just don't see where the Giants have much of a hope in this one against Denver. So I like the Broncos minus three, and you're getting the Broncos defense in daily at 3,300. That would be the play that I make no matter how many DraftKings tickets I end up with this week. Denver's defense is probably going to be on all of them. Another one for Daly that's probably going to end up that way, Marquez Callaway at 3,400 for New Orleans. I'm imagining that's going to be a pretty popular play this week. But I also think when you're looking at $3,400 of value, it's not hard to get that back for Marquez Callaway. I think he does it. I think Green Bay wins this game. Uh, so I, I like the Packers minus four in this one. I actually don't think it's going to be particularly close. And I think Aaron Jones has a big day. Um, so I, I have him at 6,800 as another play. We talked about how much I like Miami and how little I like New England. They're playing each other in week one. So I got the Dolphins. They're the underdogs in this one. I got them at plus 145. Again, we, we talked about it in the, the previews. I think that this is going to be a big year for Tua, and I think the rest of that Dolphins team is very good. And I I, I just don't buy it from New England this year. I, I have not been a big Mac Jones fan. I have put my money where my mouth is in that, and I'm going to do it again here. It's an interesting battle of former Alabama quarterbacks, but I, I, think, I think Miami gets the better of Mac Jones in this one. I don't. I still don't love this New England team, so I like Miami in this spot. And if you're looking for um, a daily play, Miami at 2,900, their defense, if we are believing that Mac Jones is going to have some struggles, then we can believe that this Miami defense can come up with a couple of big plays. And again, it's all about returning that value. Into the primetime games, the LA Rams at minus seven and a half against Chicago. We are not overthinking this one. The Rams are going to kill the Bears. Um, the the Rams defense might score seven and a half more points than Chicago puts up in this game. I, I don't think this is going to be particularly close. I think it's I think this could be a night where Sean McVay really wants to unleash some of his weapons. So I think Robert Woods could be a fun play at 5,700. And then Monday Night Football, Baltimore taking on Vegas. I don't think the Raiders are going to be very good. This defense was atrocious last year. I don't think they did enough to, to handle it. Baltimore might get the over themselves. It's at 50 and a half. I think the, the Ravens annihilate the Raiders in this one. And the, the Raider offense has the opportunity to put up points as well. This could be a Monday night shootout. Uh, and with the injury news this week about Gus Edwards going down with an injury, Tyson Williams is basically the only dude there. And he's um, clocking in at 4,500. So there is kind of rapid fire going through the week in the NFL. Some of the uh, numbers that we like. As far as what's going to end up on my ticket, we have a three-team teaser, San Francisco, Carolina, and 
the game's over by the time you were hearing this, but I did put Tampa Bay on there. It's a seven-point tease, so I got San Francisco at minus half a point, Carolina plus three, and Tampa Bay uh, only needs to win, only needed to win last night by two. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday before the football game, obviously, or else I would be telling you how smart I was or how dumb that play was. And I uh, actually like quite a few of the games this week. I'm not saying do a seven-game parlay by any stretch, but I have locked in Chargers minus 105, Miami plus 150, uh, I got the Broncos minus three, Minnesota minus three, Buffalo minus six and a half, Green Bay minus four, and Tennessee minus three. Best of luck. We'll be tracking how we do all season long or until it gets so bad that it's embarrassing and I'm not going to track it anymore. <laughs> Music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. A lot of times I like to be very prepared for interviews. I will have questions written out very well researched. Probably not good questions, but well researched questions. Um, I will be honest, today I got nothing written down. I just want to riff about what we saw this weekend. And to do that, I have to go. Back, to bring the band back together, G. Rana is here as we chat AEW All Out. G, how are you today, sir? Hey, oh, I think I just watched possibly the greatest wrestling event in recent memory. That was absolutely incredible. And I remember on Sunday, you texted me, and it was just, we have to talk about this. Yes. Like, we have to talk about something like this because rarely do we ever text back and forth when it comes to wrestling. Like, I think the last time we did it, it was uh, when Biggie won Money in the Bank. Mm -hmm. And that to me was huge. I was like, oh, yes, you finally did it. And like, this was just like, holy shit. Yeah. What an event. Yeah. And that, that was the thing. Like, with Biggie, it was a moment. With this yes. show, it was the event, like the whole thing, right from the, the start, Minoru Suzuki comes out, Ruby Soho with that catchy as hell um, theme song mm -hmm. she has now. And then, of course, the end with Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. Um, also in there, it, it's weird that it gets kind of lost. Probably the match of the year, certainly the tag team match of the year with the Lucha Bros against the, the Young Bucks and that steel cage. The entire show was just like absolutely newsworthy and just a, a holy shit event. And it, I'm with you. It was probably the best event that we've seen in a long time. And I also think in terms of like getting AEW to that next level, I think it's one of the most important events that we've seen in a long time. Oh, absolutely. I think down the road in about two or three years when AEW is almost becomes a household name, it, mm -hmm. we're going to look back at what we saw in September of this year and be like, you know what, that was that wasn't the turning point, but that was kind of the jumpstart to all of what we're seeing right now. And and you mentioned you, you kind of uh, breeze through the card there. Dude, CM Punk was wrestling for the first time in seven years. Like, right. You know, like so many incredible moments and in, 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 in events in, in the card. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get at it, man. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll start from the start as uh, Minoru Suzuki makes an appearance with John Moxley. They have their match. Um, we're taping this on Thursday. It comes out on Friday. So for us yesterday, uh, but they have the match on, on Wednesday and it really seems like that, it almost feels weird to call it the forbidden door now because it's just it is as wide open as COVID travel restrictions will allow it to be sure. at this point. Yeah. And it, people were kind of 
not vexed, but when the initial opponent from Moxley came out, that it would be Kojima, people were just like, huh, well, I was hoping Tanahashi or something like that. And I think Kojima was kind of the starting point for, yes, this uh, forbidden door for New Japan to just kind of kick it open. And here we are. And so I think the match itself, John Moxley versus Kojima, great. Uh, Kojima, my God, that guy can still go. Oh, yeah. And at the end, Moxley sells it so well. You you, you see on, on the Tron, the king, and then you see Minoru Suzuki. And then it's just like, oh, what? And I, I'll be honest. I was watching that. And, yeah, I let a little Kaze Ninare out of me when, when 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 the moment was right because that was incredible and yes they had the uh the, the match that was the second time that they actually mm. uh they, they wrestled together they had the match on dynamite on wednesday i thought the match itself on on wednesday was a little bit rushed but um hey what are you gonna do it's 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 a two-hour show right but um yeah no if if this is any indicator of what we're gonna be seeing from new japan in an AEW partnership of sorts Sign me up. I, I've been wanting it from day one. That I think that was one of the first things that I wanted when AEW and New Japan, there were rumors out there that they might be working together. That was the first company that I want AEW to work with. Yeah. And yeah, like if, if this is any indicator, yes, sign me up ASAP. And who knows, like, again, people want Moxie versus Tanahashi. That might just be a thing moving forward now, too. Yeah, and I think this does really open up the door and to the point where I, I think if the, the world wasn't in the state that it's in right now, and specifically out in Japan, where it, whatever you think about yeah. what's going on here, it is not awesome out in no. Japan right now. Um, but if that situation was a little bit better, I, I would not be shocked if we had a Kenny Omega in the G1 or a John Moxley in the G1. Like I, I think we are at that point where it's basically like what Ring of Honor was with, with New Japan um, sure. a, a few years ago. Or even with impact in TNA and and mm-hmm. and uh, New Japan, you know, because they had that partnership, or they still do, uh, I, I guess. And yeah, like you mentioned, Kenny Omega back in the G1, brother. I want to see Brian Danielson in the G1. Oh, Brian man. Danielson even said, like in his post uh, match interview uh, to the press, he said, "I would love to go to New Japan," and I think that was one of the reasons why he left WWE in the first place because this guy just loves wrestling, right? And yeah. Yeah, if, if uh, I can't wait to see more of these crossovers moving forward. And me, I'm putting uh, Booker G's hat on right now. And <laughs> I would I would love to see Kenny Omega and Koto Ibushi like oh. down the road. That storyline re- revisited it, but like in, in, in a different way, in a different, more modern twist, uh, essentially. But yeah, yeah, the, the possibilities are endless at this point. I I would love that kind of the the next step of the story that we thought was done where yeah. he he kind of loses his way a little bit gets back with Coda and then ends up winning the title and now is completely different than the last time the Golden Elite were together and that that would be interesting and then you could even do again depending on who's allowed to go where and all of those types of things but to have Kota Ibushi like kind of go through the elite and Omega's that final boss because then you get Kota Ibushi against Adam Cole as well, which uh, yes. signed me up for that one, 100 to, uh, 100%. Yeah, there, there's just, there are so many dream matches that you can go through w- with guys like, yeah, CM Punk and Darby Allen. Um, I'm interested to see, like, I, I would love to see Daniel Bryan against Jungle Boy. I think that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like Aleister Black against CM, or sorry, Malachi Black against CM Punk. I, I think like, there's just, 
I, I just get so excited. And that's just with the AEW guys. If they're branching out to, to, to New Japan, if there is still, I would imagine, somewhat of a working relationship with AAA because Kenny Omega has their fucking title. So yeah. I, I, would, I would assume they're kind of cool because that would be weird otherwise. Like, I, again, there isn't even a question here. It's just I'm so fucking excited as a wrestling fan right now. Me too, man. Me too. And I don't think I've ever felt this way about wrestling probably since I discovered New Japan for myself. And that mm -hmm. was when we were still doing the show. And you know me when I was back then, like, I didn't even want to talk about WWE. I just want to talk about New Japan and how I would book it and how excited I got. Like, I haven't felt that way until now. And yeah, like w with New Japan again, like, fuck, you could have LIJ back in there, you know, and, and yep. it, just it's it's insane the the amount of just matchmaking potential that there is and yeah but going back moxley and and uh and suzuki like yes that that was that was such one thing that wwe does it it does well creates moments and mm -hmm. one thing that AEW is now starting to do is create those moments as well and when Moxley and Suzuki got into the ring in an AEW ring and the crowd is going buck wild. Like that was an incredible moment. Insane. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I think that they where WWE tries to like, look, it sometimes it works like with edges return where they try to, to get ahead of the dirt sheets. Uh, I feel like AEW did a good job of kind of utilizing the dirt sheets to their advantage. Yeah. Um, Ruby Soho comes out as the Joker in the, the casino battle Royale. And I guess we can transition to that. And before she even comes out, the crowd is chanting for her. So she yeah. already feels like a star. Like it's, it's okay to have the surprise spoiled a little bit. And then they're able to play off of it with uh, Brian Danielson in the main event where everyone thought when the lights went out and they came back on, we kind of thought Brian Danielson was going to come out. And then we find out it's all about the boom with Adam Cole. But I, I think specifically with the, the Ruby Soho one, I thought they did a fantastic job of kind of using some of these rumor leaks to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the biggest precedent was set with CM Punk's debut. I mean, mm -hmm. they sold out the fucking United Center. That's the home of the Bulls, home of the Blackhawks, two of my favorite sports teams. And and seeing that and, and they leaned into that and they leaned into that so well. And and yeah, like if this is what they're going to be doing moving forward, I'm, I'm all about it because, yeah, like it, it, it kind of sucks ruining the surprise but at the same time if you know what's going to happen and if you're already excited for it then that's okay because if if you're not excited for it well that's a different story right but i think yeah. we're all excited that ruby Soho is in aew because i think she she fits in perfectly here mm -hmm. yeah and already just seeing her in the, the back and forth with Britt baker on yeah. wednesday it was like yes yep i I, I want all of this feud for a very long time. And it's, it's a women's division that I think needs it. Uh, I think they yes. need more than just a world title feud. But um, yes, I, I think that this is, it's just, again, it's just, it's so fucking exciting with everything going on. And even, I didn't think I'd be the one swearing more than you, but so far I, I'm, I'm racing <laughs> ahead of you because I'm just, I'm so fired up about all of this. And it's like you said, it has been so long since we have felt this way about professional wrestling. And that's like, even with AEW doing what they have been doing, but now they, they have been, since fans have come back, they have been absolutely crushing it. And yes. it just every week, it, it finally feels like must see where instead WWE, it's just kind of, 
almost going through the motions. Like I just, I have it on just to have it on. And if I miss it, I miss it. If I don't, I don't. But if I miss AEW, I feel like I am missing something. Me too. Me too. And that's why every time that I'm done work on a Wednesday and on a Friday, like I need to make sure that as soon as I get home, I need to watch a replay of this. Like I can't be on Twitter as I'm (laughs) at work doing this because i mean like i'm on twitter all the time anyways and so like i i almost make it a point to make sure that i'm not on twitter just because i don't want to spoil anything for myself even though i sometimes i might know what what might happen but at the same time it's it's so refreshing to feel that way about pro wrestling because again Uh i haven't felt that in a while and you know you go back to wwe and not to bash them even more than i used to but it's one thing that I kept on hearing is what AEW is doing right now. It's only going to make WWE better. I don't think so. I really honestly don't think so because WWE basically, let's be honest they're They are a billion dollar company and they only like, it's about the bottom line with them. Right. That's why we had so many releases. That's why, you know, the, the cost cutting measures and whatnot, they have guaranteed cash from all of their TV rights from, so from Fox and USA, and when it comes to Vince, it, this is a 70 plus year old man. I don't think that he's going to change his creative process on a whim just because, yes, there is competition and that competition is actually making strides and making waves. Yeah. Vince is not going to change his creative process because of that, because guess what? He still has guaranteed money from TV. And I, I, one of the lures about WWE is, it's not necessarily about who you're working with at WWE. It's more so you're working for WWE. You're working right. for that, that those three letters. And I think it's, it's not really going to change the creative process in WWE, which is a damn shame because let's be honest, they have some of the best wrestlers in the world. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and I'll, I'll say, right, like, they have the best women's division in all of wrestling. And yep. that sucks because if nothing changes, then... Yes, you, you are going to see a mass exodus, whether it be getting fired or asking for your release or whatnot from the talent. And then also from a fan's perspective, it's just like, why vest, Why would you vest your time with something that you know is, is not doing great things when it comes to your happiness as a <laughs> progressive? And when you can watch this and you can be giddy like us, like trust, like a, a, even on Sunday, like I... I had a smile on my face pretty much the entire show. Yeah. Like, like the, I think the only time where I was just like, all right, well, I kind of have to get up right now and just like maybe stretch. And that was the, uh, the big show match. And that was pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. And that was three minutes and it was just yeah. like, okay, well, whatever. Like, yeah, it was, no, I, I love how they are setting everything up. And to your point, WWE has got to the point where they're almost too big to fail. And that, that yeah. was, one of the things, like, I, I kind of had to temper things a little because I'm like, okay, AEW, like, here they come. They're going to be the biggest thing. It's like, among wrestling fans, they're probably going to be. But, like, I don't think AEW anytime soon is going to replace WWE as the Kleenex uh, of professional wrestling, right? Like, yeah. everyone everyone is going to assume when they think pro wrestling, oh, that's that WWE thing. Um, and so because of that, I, I'm with you. I don't see WWE really viewing AEW as a threat that they need to change things for or anything like that. I do think that it's going to be eye-opening 
um, and probably already has been that you have guys like Brian Danielson said that he liked it there, but still wanted to leave. And Adam Cole wanted to Same leave. Thing. And yeah. and now Kevin Owens, his contract is up yes. next year. And January, I believe. There, there's a lot of assumptions that he will want to leave. And you, you start to wonder, and Mick Foley posted a video, like the WWE. Yes, which was fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like the WWE has always been, even when WCW was beating them, the WWE still had that kind of, hey, if you're at WrestleMania, that's the biggest thing you're ever going it's to do. It's that selling point, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. And so it, it has always been the... The, the bucket list thing. Like, even if you're AJ Styles and you're 36 years old, it's like, I just, I want to say I did that. It is a nice cherry on top. And now it's not that for guys. And I, I do wonder if they're going to notice that. I, I, honestly, I wonder if they're noticing that already. Like, I wonder if they kind of recognize, look, we're not going to get these guys anymore. So let's just try to build up our super duper strong guys. And that's why they're making the shift in NXT. Like, I almost wonder if they're just waving the white flag because AEW is taking all those guys now. Maybe, but at the same time, WWE just signed uh, the Olympic gold medalist. What was it? Gable Stevenson or yeah. Steve is Stevenson? Stevenson. Something like that. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. So, uh, my, Olympic- my favorite, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt. My favorite tweet on that was someone said, oh, looking forward to seeing Steve Gable in wrestling sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's not very far off, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll just I mean, be like, Steve. Yeah, exactly. Steve, <laughs> Steve G. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stevie G. That's that's what they're going to call him then. Uh, and I think, honestly, this might be the next or possibly the last biggest signing that that is almost well known moving forward, you know, because mm-hmm. Gable has, has said in many interviews, he even tweeted it out like, hey, this is a childhood dream come true. And that's great, great for him. You know, he's getting money. He's also signing a, a, a pretty almost groundbreaking contract because he can still wrestle with WWE and wrestle for the university. Uh, what was it? Minnesota. And that's that's not bad. Like, hey, that's yeah. that's again, that's groundbreaking. But I think, you know, we, we talked about it at the start of the program in about two or three years from now when AEW becomes a mainstay, essentially, to yeah. a certain degree we might look back at this Gable signing and be like, you know what? That might just be the last big signing that WWE has because they're going to be home growing talent. And with that said, it, it's hit or miss because they can mm-hmm. do awesome things with homegrown talent like um, Bianca Belair. Yep. Or still have Bianca Belair and have her get squashed by Becky Lynch, you know? Right. And exactly. So like, and they can have awesome things and then they can screw it up very easily. Exactly. But uh, yeah, um, we're getting off topic. Let's, let's talk about something that makes us happy again. Uh, just quickly, uh, I searched it. it is Gable Stevenson for one. And okay. uh, someone tweeted, if I know Vince McMahon, then Gable Stevenson is going to be Kurt Angle's next illegitimate son. Uh, yes, 100%. So some, some fantastic stuff out in social media right now. Yes. Um, just kind of bouncing around the, the show. Uh, we don't have to go all the way through it. But like you said, like there, there was just so much great stuff on this. Uh, the Lucha Bros with a oh win God. over um, the Young Bucks. I bit hard on that near fall. Me too. Um, at, you, I know you, exactly you know, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you know the exact one after the the, the spike shoe comes out. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, Penta has his head like just stabbed by that thing several times. I bit hard on that. And from that on, it was just like, okay, we are at five stars and now we're adding on top of it. I, I thought a perfect wrestling match. This was the greatest cage match that I've ever seen. Yep. And 
when you think about cage matches, you almost think of restrictiveness. Like you can only do so much because you're in a confined space, right? Mm-hmm. This was almost groundbreaking because both these teams, like they, they did things that I didn't think that you could do in a cage fight or in a cage match. And absolutely incredible the the near falls and, and also Jesus Phoenix, like jumping off the top of the cage for, for a, a splash. And I was like, man, yeah. they're pulling out everything. And I love everything about this. I, and it might be my second favorite tag match that AEW has ever done. And so just mentioned WWE has the best women's division. AEW by far is the best tag division in oh, all yeah. of wrestling. Yep. And this was my second, if not my favorite tag match. I think the first one was Young Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman Page. What was that? Revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years ago, maybe? Or a year ago? Uh, I think it was two years ago. But you know the match that I'm talking about. Yeah, a year ago. Um, they've only been a thing for a year. Yeah. And a bit. yeah. Almost two years now. But Almost yeah. two years. But yeah, that was my favorite tag match on AEW. Yeah. And I think my favorite tag match of all time, and it's funny because I'm mentioning these three matches and all three consist of the Young Bucks. My first, yeah. my favorite tag match of all time is Golden Elite, Kenny and Kota versus the Young Bucks at the Cow Palace. And that was what, four years ago, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite tag match of all time. And yeah, like there's... Who would have thought that all three of those matches again consist of the Young Bucks and like they it, it's it's beautiful music when they when you pair them with pretty much anybody mm-hmm. and I think this was the right result for the Lucha Brothers because let's be honest they didn't really have anything to do for the last little bit like they were paired with Pac and that might still be a thing moving forward but like aside from that. They would have amazing matches, but they weren't really in in the hunt until this uh, tag team eliminator tournament. And after that, it was just like, all right, these guys, this should be the right time. And it was and it was perfect. Yeah. And then the celebration after. And this is like when people say, oh, all it is is just flippy shit like there. I want real stories with my wrestling. If if you didn't get it. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. no, Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, if 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 you were watching that match and you didn't get any sense of a story, well then yeah, I don't know what type of wrestling you're watching. Like, because there was a story from the get go and, and there was a crescendo and then there was a fall and then there was another crescendo. I was like, what is going on? This is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it really was. It, it was absolutely phenomenal. And now like, I, I would love to see Lucha bros against pride and powerful, um, yeah, yes. uh, them against FTR at some point will be incredible. Like there's just, yeah, there's so many, I, I would love to see at some point punk and Danielson form a team and then go through some of these tag teams. Cause I think that would be awesome as well. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, and I, yeah, I just, again, I'm just, I'm so excited about all the possibilities that yeah. you can put together in AEW. Um, the were or I get another one again. I'm bouncing around. I think I said that Moxley opened the show. That's factually incorrect. It was um Miro against Miro. Eddie Kingston, and that yeah. was awesome too. Um, yeah, like not your traditional opener. When you think of openers, it's like the, the cruiserweights and the high flying and stuff like that. This is just two guys beating the shit out of each other, and it was awesome. I love the Miro character, and I did not anticipate liking Eddie Kingston as much as I have, but he has been. Uh, like the the Kevin Durant meme, he's been the real MVP. He's been so good in everything incredible. that he's been putting. Incredible, 
Yeah. Incredible. Eddie Kingston might just be one of the best promos in all of pro wrestling. Yeah. That guy, you, you give him something and he can just turn it into gold. And the, the promos back and forth leading up to the match, because it, it, I don't want to say it was kind of thrown together because Miro basically was just like Eddie Kingston just called him out randomly after the Fiego del Sol uh, type of deal. Yeah. And he just called him out randomly. I was like, Oh, what are we doing here? Because Miro is kind of a face and Eddie Kingston is kind of a face. And it's just like, Oh, where is a weird dynamic. But then the promos leading up to it, like Eddie Kingston saying, where, who's your God? Give me your hand. We were going to walk through hell together. And then maybe you can see your God. And then Miro constantly referring to his wife and, and, and whatnot, which by the way, like that might be a thing moving forward. We'll see what happens with that as well. But like, Miro might just be the best booked champion. Well, one of the best booked champions in all of wrestling. Like I do not need to see him lose that title anytime soon, unless if they're planning this rematch in New York for the, um, the, 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 the tennis event, what was Arthur? Ashe? Arthur Ashe. Yeah. 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 Unless they're planning this rematch to be there and Eddie Kingston gets to win the belt on home soil. I'm okay with that. I too. But I, for the most, aside from that scenario, I don't want to see Miro lose that belt anytime soon. He's incredible right now. Yeah, no, he's been he's been awesome, like, and I'm like he's, I, I'm with he's, you on that. He's almost Roman Reigns level with that belt right now because you don't want to see him lose anytime soon. Yeah, um, look at you saying you don't want to see Roman Reigns lose anytime soon. Hey, uh, <laughs> uh, they bring in Brock Lesnar, and all of a sudden we're a Roman Reigns fan. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, but yeah, with Miro, I almost wonder if you could do the, he loses to Eddie Kingston in New York and now, uh, Lana, not named Lana comes Mm -hmm. in and kind of gets him back on track, um, and kind of whips him into shape sort of a thing. I wonder if that's sort of the the story you can tell, uh, the main event, Kenny Omega beats Christian cage for the world title. We kind of assumed that's how that was happening. Uh, if Christian, like, I, I love Christian Cage, but if he was just on Impact for a little bit, I'm fine. Like, I, I don't need him on uh, Dynamite or Rampage every week. If if he was just kind of a part-time AEW guy and a part-time um, uh, a part-time uh, Impact guy, I, I would be officially okay with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be okay with that, too. I think, though, right now, because Brian Danielson is kind of aligning himself with – Christian Cage and Jungle uh, Express, I think right now, kind of like within the, I want to say within like next few months, we might get that big five on five or six on six or seven on seven match that they're, they've been alluding to since Sunday, essentially. Uh, They've had two shows and in both shows, it's ended with Brian Danielson and Jungle Express and Christian Cage and there and now Frankie Kazarian as well. I think we're going to see Christian for uh, at least the next little bits, just so they can kind of sell that big five on five, seven on seven type of match. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Like there's a reason why he has the, the impact belt. And yeah, I mean, there is a definite definitive history with Christian in, in that organization. And so, yeah, it makes sense. Like, yeah. it, you know, uh, let's, let's see him in impact for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Either way, more Christian, the better for sure. I just wonder, because the the one issue I have with AEW, and we've talked about this before and everyone's talked about it, um, they might have too many guys now. Like they, 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 yeah. they've got a lot of people to, to fill for three hours of television. And like, please don't make Dynamite three hours. But 
Rampage could easily be a two hour show. Um, and like, like the, the Joey Janela, Sunny Kiss stuff is just on dark elevation and no one really knows about it. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's so much that could be going on right now with AEW. And the good thing is they kind of know that and they know like a couple of wins and all of a sudden the Lucha Bros are in the front of the tag team race. Yes. A couple of wins yeah, yeah. and Brian Cage is all of a sudden a big deal. Like because wins and losses matter in AEW, um, just a couple of those and all of a sudden people are heated back up. So yeah. I, and also with that said, we don't get constant rematches like we're, yes. we're and which is so refreshing because yep. if you turn on to like, I don't watch raw because like, I don't have, I'm not going to waste three hours of my time just doing that. Like I'll catch a recap and that's pretty much it. But like raw is pretty much just rematch, 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 something new. Yeah. Rematch, rematch, rematch. And, and that's one thing that I love about AEW is because yeah, like honestly, I think the only rematch that we might gonna get from All Out is Miro and, and Kingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and know? like we'll probably and get I'm some okay of these down. That. We'll probably get some more. Like we'll see Lucha Bros against um, Young Bucks again, but it'll yeah, be down, the, down the, road. the line though. Yeah, yeah, it won't yeah. be next week uh, or yeah, anything exactly. ridiculous like that. No, that's that has been like the thing with Raw is that I haven't watched it in a while either, and I can just pop back in and basically know exactly what's going on. Oh, exactly, okay. like yeah. nothing. Uh, and I, I was going to say this for the end, but I'll, I'll ask it now since we're, we're kind of on the subject. Is there anything that could get you back into it? Like, because um, one of the things would have been CM Punk, and that's clearly not happening now. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, I was thinking about this and talking about it with uh, my buddy, Mike, who I went to, to WrestleMania with and couldn't really come up with anything that was like, OK, what could WWE do that would get me this excited about watching wwe for a little bit like I, I don't think there's one thing it would just have to be a consistent level of not being shitty for a while sure which is kind of vague but yeah it's true <laughs> um i think the biggest thing for me that just jumps out overhaul the entire creative process and by that i mean triple h takes over yeah and that seems it. like the opposite's happening <laughs> yeah exactly and I think that's the only way that I can actually be kind of sort of vested into it. And even if some of my favorite wrestlers, like let's just say if Big E wins the title, yes, I'll be excited for a little bit, but then I'm going to be worried because WWE has this track record of right. here's a champion. Everybody loves him. Yeah. And we're going to bury him in the next few days or her in the next yeah. few months. AKA Dolph Ziggler, AKA Kofi, uh, Kofi, uh, Bianca Belair, you know, like the, the, uh, again, there is a precedent set and it's hard for me to get excited for something that I've always wanted in that scene, you know, Biggie win a title. And it's hard for me to get excited for that. Like, yes, I will 100% for the moment I will be excited, but then moving forward, reality sets in. And what yeah. is reality in WWE? Unless your name is Roman Reigns or Charlotte Flair, you're not going to be consistently up there, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's be honest. Yep. No, absolutely. And yeah, it's just, I, yeah, I thought it was interesting when we talked about it. I was like, oh, I don't know what it would be to get me like this amped about WWE again. Uh, apparently, we're going to try The Undertaker again for Madison Square Garden. Jesus, um, why? And I, 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 can't, I can't imagine like 10 years ago thinking, oh, The Undertaker again. Um, but that's, that's where they're at. I don't want to hate these guys. I don't want to, I don't want to groan every time Goldberg comes on the screen. I love Goldberg. They do it. They, they, they make it for us. Like, like they they do the work for us to make us groan, to make us be 
less vested into the product to the point where we are just burying everything because guess what? It's hard to it's hard for root for something right now in, in WWE. It really yeah. is. Yep, totally. And, and um, I mean, like before we had NXT and even now that's gone. Like I'm I'm if anything, I'm more excited to see what's gonna happen with uh Gargano and 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 Johnny and or Gargano and, and Champa after this because they yeah. they've tried to put them on on the main roster and that was that was so fucking weird that was like what two or three years ago where they just like up and left nxt came to the main roster and stayed there for like a month and then went back to nxt and i was like whoa what is going on here yeah and the yeah. and that that's the only thing that really excites me from wwe is really just like all right so this person would be incredible outside of wwe mm -hmm. that's that's basically what excites me so like ricochet you know like we, yep. we both love ricochet again gargano and 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 Ciampa. like i'm i'm very excited and curious to see where they're gonna end up you know yeah totally um and yeah like ricochet shared a thing on his instagram uh it's him against cedric alexander coming up this week on main event main event yeah, yeah i saw that, that on twitter breaks yeah. my heart um yeah. and, and that's so another guy cedric alexander yeah even Ali, dude, Mustafa Ali is is it's such an incredible in ring performer, yeah. and he was doing so well from. And this is me as a visible minority, and this is me as a brown man. And it was so refreshing to see his character not be that trope. That that the one thing that I absolutely hate about pro wrestling is the foreign heel gimmick. They did it with Ginger, and I hated it. And they. They did. They, they kind of stepped away with it with Mustafa, but then they turned him heel, and I was like, "Damn it! Why? Why?" Yeah. And and I think he would do wonders outside of WWE. At just not only in ring, but just outside as his persona, his personality, and him being that 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 brown guy for somebody a younger version of me who would look at that and be like, "All right, so no, we don't have to be typecasted, right?" Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that that's the thing, like talking about AEW signing too many guys, but if WWE is going to keep letting talented people go, like you just, you have to bring them in. And now um, as things hopefully start to open up a little bit more, like having a partnership with new Japan means like, okay, well this guy can go to new Japan for a tour. Yeah, exactly. And now yeah. there's room for someone else to step in and then maybe have a, a working relationship with, um, with AAA. And then you have someone go over there and do their television for a little bit, a bit and, and build up to a, a Raider Reyes or, to a, uh, a triple mania or something like sure. that. So I think that having some of these international partnerships, I would love to see them partner with someone over in the UK as that wrestling scene yes. rebuilds oh after the, the WWE Genghis Khan that for a little bit. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that's going to be the next step for AEW is kind of finding some of these partnerships so that they can, for lack of a better term, send some people on excursion for a little bit yes, and just kind of keep people coming through. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a revolving door is is not the appropriate term, but you would have a constant supply of fresh talent essentially, and you can yeah. get some of these individuals who might have felt like their character was washed up in mm -hmm. WWE. You can give them a chance to redefine themselves outside of it, and you know, yes, like I, I would say go to the UK because that scene is massive. And still, as you mentioned, even with WWE turfing the scene, it's still one of the biggest wrestling markets in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the, the passionate fan base they have over there yeah. is 
unbelievable. Um, yeah. As we, we kind of wind down here, I have a, a couple non-AEW related questions for you. Uh, the mm-hmm. first is New Japan. Uh, as the G1 is coming up here, I think it starts next week or a couple of weeks from now um, yeah, yeah. Out in Japan. Obviously, things a little bit different because, again, you're not going to have as much uh, international talent able to come in this time. But is there someone who kind of stands out to you as someone who you'd like to see pick up uh, the, the the G1 win and challenge whoever the champion may be at Wrestle Kingdom next year? I think this is where we see the redemption of Kota Ibushi yet again. I think <laughs> we I think we see him becoming the first ever two-time G1 winner. Yeah, I every year um, that Kota Ibushi isn't the champion, I go into the G1 saying, okay, Kota has to win, and then he has to long, have a long title reign. And yeah. I got halfway there, this last yes. one, because yeah. he wins, yeah. and then he gets the title reign, and then he's not the champion anymore. Yeah. And that that bothered me so much. And my other, my other go-to would be, okay, well, then Shingo. But he's the champion right now. Exactly, so it's not going to yeah. be him. Um, I would love if one year the champion just bowled through everyone and just like – you create a, a monster in this tournament by having Shingo Takagi just go like undefeated and win the G1 himself. It's like, hey, no one's challenging me then. And then someone else comes in or whatever. But no, I'm I'm interested by this one because like, yeah, normally, like I said, I'm normally on the Kota Ibushi train. I don't know if they're going to do that this time around. And I don't, that there doesn't really seem like there's that next guy who's like ready to take that next step as, as being a challenge. Maybe like a, a Jeff Cobb or someone like that, but I'm- Jeff Cobb would be cool. Yeah, I'm fascinated by this tournament because there doesn't really seem like an obvious choice this time around. Yeah, and sorry, I, I made a mistake. Uh, if Koto Obushi wins, he would be the first ever three-time winner because right. he's won it twice now yeah. in a row. So so three times in a row. But um, yeah, Jeff Cobb would be fantastic because, again, like with New Japan, like they, they, they've been doing it for the past few years now, and that's getting more eyes on the product. And with a guy like Jeff Cobb, obviously not Japanese and, <laughs> you know, and he well, is, past you. Ah, right. <laughs> Super sleuth over here. Um, but yeah, like with Jeff Cobb still fairly young, but like can go in the ring. Like every time I see a Jeff Cobb match, I, I feel like I feel the same way that I feel watching a Suzuki match or even, um, a stone pit bull match, you know, because the guy is just mm-hmm. so hard hitting and he works so well in Japan that I think it would benefit him so much. Incredible. Yeah. yeah that'd be really cool. Um, it would also like, cause I, I think because we're doing a two night new or um, wrestle kingdom again next year, I believe is the plan. I would assume that will Osprey is going to get one of the title shots on yeah. one of the nights. And then like that, that would be an interesting one. Jeff Cobb against will Osprey. If they did it that way. Um, two guys who are in kind of the same faction right now. I think that would be interesting. Or again, just Shingo against uh, Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay, and you get two blow away matches. Like either way, I think those would be interesting. And then like Okada's been out of the title picture for a while. I wonder if I maybe I would yeah. imagine he has a strong G one at least. Yeah, you know what? It could be his redemption story, or it could be somebody like a Kenta coming out. Yeah, or or somebody that I've always wanted. Like I've always been really high on Sonata. And, and mm. I think oh, Sonata, yeah, like I, I've been so high on Sonata for pretty much since I started watching New Japan back when we used to do the show. Yeah. And I think with him, you, one thing that New Japan can do really well is if somebody is not sort of floundering, but like if they're in the middle, uh, 
one thing that New Japan and also the G1 can do very well is turn that that performer and and make them into a legitimate credible star and a credible yeah. opponent. And I think Sonata would be great for this, and of course Kenta would be great for this as well. And then yeah, and, or again like even even the the Redemption 2.0 story for Okada. Like there are so many possibilities here. But again like as you mentioned with the travel restrictions, like it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if there are going to be a handful of foreign talents or talents mm-hmm. that are foreign, but then have, you know, uh, gone on back to the UK, like a Zack Sabre Jr. I don't know yeah. if he has residence in Japan or anything, but like, yeah, it, it should be interesting. But yeah, like ultimately I would love to see Sonata win, but I would be okay with Ibushi or Okada winning either. So, yeah. Uh, last one, not wrestling related. Um, I know you're more uh, DC than Marvel uh, when it comes to those sorts of things, but have you seen uh, Shang-Chi yet? I've yet to watch Shang-Chi and let's be honest. Okay, so I'm more DC and Marvel when it comes to reading the comic books. Right. My favorite storyline of all time is still Killing Joke. And then also uh, in terms of recent storylines, uh, Batman uh, Court of Owls love that Mm. that's i I love reading dc and i have nothing against reading marvel like let's be honest for me i'm a a huge comic book nerd my favorite comic book storyline of all time is from marvel and that being x-men age of apocalypse but i have yet to watch shang chi i hear it is absolutely fantastic and it is setting things up for this next phase of marvel perfectly and with that said i've also watched uh loki and wandavision and those Mm. have kind of you know, they've stirred the pot when it comes to the next phase as well. And I, I'm very much looking forward to watching Shang-Chi because again, everything that I hear, it's absolutely mind blowing. And with this, and then uh, at the end of the year, we have Spider-Man coming out and that's going to be incredible as well, which that looks awesome. Yes. And, and then in between then you have the internals, which should be incredible as well. And so, yes, I, I am kind of waiting to watch Shang-Chi when, when I'm in a much happier mindset, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, just, be, you know, it, it, it's life. life. Life is what it is. And, you know, when you deal with mental health, it's, it's not so great, but you got to look forward to things. And I'm looking forward to actually watching Shang-Chi. And I hear the, uh, the end credit scene is, is something, something crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, like the, I, I, I have seen it. We went to the theater. Uh, this was the, my first time going to the movie theater in a, a pandemic world. Um, Did it feel so, like almost like you haven't seen a movie in a theater in decades? Yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely. Okay. And we made sure, because sometimes, ah, do we need the snack, whatever. And we made sure the full movie experience, we got the popcorn. Nice. Um, also, I did not realize that this was my first time in the D-box seats. Oh, okay, um, okay. Those, those will throw you around. There'll be some times where you're you're not expecting like okay it, it, we've hit a lull there's some walking there's some talking oh there's some action and i'm whip around oh place like it's just yeah. it's everywhere uh my, so. fir- my first time with that i went to go see suicide squad like the first one the, like mm. the first crappy one not not this yeah. new awesome one but the first crappy one and i swear to god i thought i had like a seventh or eighth concussion because <laughs> i've had six that i know of and I, I know you've had multiple ones as well but at the end of that i was like i don't even remember the movie all i remember is like my brain rattling in my skull but uh yeah no, dbox dbox is an experience in itself yeah it's it's neat and for this one like there's a lot of action so there's a, a lot of it you, you get a, a lot out of it but no i the 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 movie was absolutely stunning 
Um, Fantastic. I, yeah, I, I loved it. You, you'll love it too. I, I cannot recommend it enough. Good. And and I'm assuming that the uh, end credit scene was, was, was worth it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. not, not going to say anything. No, please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the whole thing was awesome. Um, and like, I, I, I woke up the next morning and just wanted to go watch it again. It was that good. Nice. Yeah. I love that feeling. I love that feeling then. Yeah. And AEW has been giving us that feeling, uh, as well. Gee, thank you very much for just letting me gush about, uh, AEW. And even when we, we weren't intending on it, um, shitting on WWE as well. It's, it's hard not to these days. And <laughs> it, it truly, honestly, it's not that hard to, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, I remember, you know, getting your text and I was so excited for All Out because I've been waiting and I've been looking forward to All Out for a very long time. Again, going back to the whole mental health thing, it's it's hard to be happy while looking forward to something. But like I was genuinely looking forward to All Out and I was so happy the entire show. And during the show, I had a few bevies and I, I read a few novels that let's let's go back to uh, to that thing and uh i remember you texting me and you're just like hey man you want to talk about it tomorrow tomorrow being monday and i was like i'm gonna be a little hungover i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie and so yeah no, and and i'm i'm glad that we kind of waited for it just because so we can just kind of let things marinate and then mm-hmm. also watching the fallout on dynamite like that was that was perfect as well and so yeah no it's it's i'm 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 so happy to be watching AEW because again it gives me something to look forward to on a Wednesday and on a Friday night and then when they have pay-per-views it's just even better because again it's what's the best thing about wrestling it takes you out of reality right and with AEW with what they're doing moving forward there we've talked about it so much and the amount of matchmaking possibilities is endless and it makes you happy and it makes you feel like all right this is how I felt like when I was a kid, when I first started watching wrestling and it's great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan, man. Yeah. We'll talk. Uh, we'll talk again soon. Be well. You got it, man. You too. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you very much to Girona for stopping by. Always fun chatting about the world of professional wrestling with him. Hope you guys enjoy football Sunday. We'll be back to break it all down coming up on Monday. It's a fantastic time of year. Enjoy it guys. We're out. Oh,